Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us ahead of this holiday weekend. Well, tonight, millions are still suffering from Hurricane Ida and her trail of devastation, stretching more than 1,500 miles from the Gulf Coast to New England. Tonight, the death toll in the Northeast is still rising. Floodwaters claimed most of those lives. One researcher says seven rivers reached their highest levels on record, and there may be more flooding to come. President Biden has signed emergency declarations for several states paving the way for federal aid. Well, today, the president flew to Louisiana, where he told local officials, we're going to have your back. And he got a look at those staggering scope of the disaster. Wind and storm surge from the hurricane destroyed entire towns. FEMA says it received a record 290,000 applications for disaster aid from Louisiana alone. Well, tonight, crews from 32 states are working in the sweltering heat to help restore power. But we're going to begin tonight with CBS's Mola Langing in Totowa, New Jersey. Mola, and what's the situation there? Well, Northern, now that some waters in the Northeast have started to recede, people are beginning to survey the damage and see all that they've lost. For some, it looks like this. It's a lot. For others, their homes are unlivable. Watch as a New Jersey man steps barefoot through his flooded basement before an entire wall is blown apart by rushing flood water. Just one example of the terror brought on by the remnants of Hurricane Ida. And today, from Philadelphia to northern New Jersey to southern New England, the misery set in as floodwaters receded in some areas but continued to rise in others. This street where I'm standing in Fairfield, New Jersey, just yesterday was completely dry. Now, as you can see, water up to my thighs. At least 47 people across five northeast states died in the storm. Many drowned in their homes or were washed away by rushing floodwaters, like veteran Connecticut trooper Brian Mole. The youngest killed 
was two-year-old Lam Sang Ong, drowned with his parents in their New York City basement apartment. Scientists say climate change is making storm systems more destructive than ever. Today, Fairfield, New Jersey Detective Sergeant Jeff Didick and Corporal Stephen D'Argenio were out searching for more possible victims and helping the vulnerable. Thank you so much. Instead of planning for Labor Day weekend celebrations, people are now picking up the pieces of their lives, if there's anything left to pick up. Part of the foundation of John Riley's house in Little Falls, New Jersey, is gone. It's really emotional, it's sad, but uh, there's worse things in life. <clears throat> Well, it's those personal, sentimental items that people lost that they didn't have time to save that make this so difficult for some. Now, looking ahead, no significant rainfall is expected for at least several days in the Northeast, which should allow some of those rivers that have created so many problems here in the region to finally begin to re uh, recede, Nora. So worried about everybody out there. Mola Lenghi, thank you. And let's head now to Louisiana. The president got a firsthand look at the devastation on the ground and from the air. And tonight, some small towns feel like they've been forgotten. CBS's Maria Vidal is there. Hurricane Ida is the latest storm to test President Biden in his role as the nation's consoler in chief. We're Americans, and we'll get through this together. President Biden toured the damage as the heat index reached nearly 100 degrees. Across the state, more than 800,000 people are without power. Some are without running water, and many still can't find gas. 25,000 linemen from around the country have come, and two of them lost their lives. Recovery may be especially difficult for families that lost loved ones at this makeshift shelter. Four nursing home residents that were evacuated died in this warehouse. Health officials are investigating reports of patients seen here sleeping on mattresses placed on the floor, not being fed or changed regularly. The owner, Bob Dean Jr., spoke with our CBS affiliate, WWL. We only had five deaths within the six days, which normally with 850 people, you'll have a couple of days. So we did really good on taking care of people. There's no road left. 150 miles south where Ida came ashore in Grand Isle, Angela Ailman drove there with her friend to check on her home, recovering one cherished item. The flag made it, y'all. Northwest of New Orleans, frustration is growing in the small community of Killian. Our biggest worry is that we're going to be forgotten. Nancy and Bobby O'Coin have lived in this area for 16 years and say their community is desperate. The little towns, the little places at the end that aren't in the met metropolitan are the ones that are kind of last to get the resources. You know, as of right now, we've all seen the videos of people waiting in line for gas. In fact, this place right here behind me had about 20 just a few hours ago. But as the power continues to come on, the lines will minimize, and so will the frustrations. A bit of good news coming from the major electric company here in Louisiana, Nora. We are told that they plan to have the New Orleans area and the media area surrounding New Orleans up and running by September 8th. That is less than a week away. All right, Maria Vidal, thank you so much for all your reporting this week. President Biden's plan to start delivering COVID booster shots later this month may have to be scaled back. 
CBS News has learned that top health officials have told the administration that regulators need more data on Moderna's booster before signing off on it. Booster shots may be limited initially to those who've received the Pfizer vaccine. A key FDA panel meets in two weeks to review Pfizer's booster. All right, the spike in new COVID cases caused by the Delta variant is forcing many Americans to change their Labor Day weekend travel plans, with some taking shorter trips by car, not plane. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen. Airports were buzzing today, but not as much as expected for a holiday weekend. I thought it was going to be a lot more crowded, being the long weekend, but it's not so bad. But the surging Delta variant and the CDC's recommendation that the unvaccinated avoid travel has caused many to rethink their plans. COVID concerns caused Peter Monahan of Maryland to cancel his family's vacation to Disney World for the second time. It sounds like a challenging decision. Oh, it was. We had a countdown clock and everything going. And then, you know, Delta hit out of, out of the blue. The airlines are feeling it too. Delta, United, and American Airlines are all struggling to reach pre-pandemic passenger loads as the virus persists. We're seeing a big drop off in onward bookings. We're seeing a big increase in, in flight cancellations for people worried about the, the Delta variant. And then, of course, you have the other compounding factor, schools being back in session. AAA said the vast majority of holiday travelers will drive, not fly, even as gas prices are creeping up after Hurricane Ida stalled production along the Gulf Coast. The Monahans will drive to the beach instead of flying to Florida. We are planning to go down to the Delaware Shore and at least have fun down there. But it's not Disney. And despite fewer travelers flying this year, the TSA still expects a busy holiday weekend at many of the nation's airports, including here at Chicago O'Hare. They're advising flyers to get to the airport early, Nora. It looks busy. Nancy Chen, thank you. The Delta variant is also blamed for today's disappointing jobs report. Just 235,000 jobs were added in August. That is far fewer than expected. It's more bad news for the president. And so we get more on that from CBS's Ed O'Keefe. President Biden had a message today on the disappointing jobs numbers. Blame COVID. There's no question the Delta variant is why today's job report isn't stronger. I know people were looking and I was hoping for a higher number. While unemployment ticked down, the average number of COVID cases jumped, hitting six figures once again, prompting Americans to scale back hiring and purchases. Consumer confidence hit a six-month low. Transportation, warehousing, and manufacturing jobs climbed as online ordering continued. But industries that rely on foot traffic, like restaurants and hotels, took another hit, causing more indigestion for owners. We saw that every month was a new drama, was a new crisis. It, it, it was one step forward, two steps back. And it looks like this is a perfect example of that, the Delta variant. The disappointing jobs news comes as new polls show the president's overall approval ratings slipping into the 40s, dragged down mostly by concerns with the Afghanistan withdrawal. Now in even more need of a political win, Mr. Biden said the economy would improve if Democrats pass his $3.5 trillion spending plan. It's about investing in America's future. But a key moderate Democrat is urging his party not to rush it through. Hit the pause button. Let's step back. Let's see what happens. And this jobs report comes as federal unemployment benefits for about 7.5 million Americans are set to expire next week. The president isn't pushing for an extension, but today called on states to do whatever they can to help those out of work. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you. 
Well, a former Catholic Archbishop of Washington pleaded not guilty today to sexual assault. Ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick is charged with assaulting a 16-year-old boy at a wedding reception nearly 50 years ago. McCarrick, now 91 years old, is the only Catholic Cardinal ever charged with child sex crimes here in this country. Today, President Biden signed an executive order directing the Justice Department to look into declassifying some documents related to the 9-11 attacks. He did so under pressure from families of victims who are demanding to know if Saudi Arabia helped the 9-11 hijackers. We get more now from CBS's Catherine Herridge, including an exclusive interview with two former investigators. Brad Eagleson was 15 years old when his father, Bruce, was killed in the World Trade Center South Tower. And that's my dad. Eagleson is now leading a group of 9-11 families battling their own government to release still-secret FBI files from the case. It's a 10-year-long investigation that specifically investigated the role that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia played in supporting the hijackers. The case, codenamed Operation Encore, centered on the two hijackers that lived in San Diego and who assisted them. Is that the first mosque they went to in San Diego? This is it right here. Danny Gonzalez was an FBI agent who worked on Operation Encore. He showed us the neighborhood the hijackers lived in. This is his That's first television interview about the case. It's 19 hijackers cannot commit 3,000 mass murders by themselves. Based on what you found, do you believe there was a domestic support network for the hijackers? Obviously. No question. I can't comment on it, but you don't have to be an FBI agent with 26 years of, of experience to figure that out. Gonzalez says the two hijackers, Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid Almadar, were helped by a number of Saudis, including Omar al-Bayoumi. Bayoumi was working for the Saudi government and has said he randomly ran into the two hijackers at a restaurant in Los Angeles and urged them to move to San Diego. He lived in this apartment complex. There he helped them find an apartment and open a bank account. The two hijackers even started flight school nearby. I can't sit on the sidelines when I know the truth. Gonzalez says he's under FBI orders not to reveal certain classified information about Operation Encore, as is another former agent, Ken Williams, who wrote a memo before 9-11 warning potential terrorists were taking flight lessons in Arizona. Both men are now working for the families. The evidence is there. I've seen it, but I can't get into specifics because of protective order. The 9-11 families are suing Saudi Arabia for money. The Saudis deny official involvement. And the 9-11 Commission report found no connection. But Operation Encore started two years after the Commission's report. If we took the team's records from Operation Encore, right. what would the public learn? A lot. A lot. Would it change our understanding of 9-11? Sure. Yes. Successive presidents have kept Operation Encore secret, citing national security. Brett Eagleson says the executive order is a critical first step, but he remains skeptical. Two decades after the attacks, Eagleson wants his daughter to know the secrets of 9-11. Her grandpa, he was a hero in the World Trade Center. And who killed her grandfather. Catherine Herridge, CBS News, Washington. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. It was a $15 million failure in the debut of Firefly Aerospace's unmanned Alpha rocket. Thursday's launch in California seemed okay at first, but after reaching supersonic speed two and a half minutes later, the rocket you can see exploded. Well, the company is investigated. And this update, one of the most photographed people during January's Capitol riot pleaded guilty today. Jacob Chansley, known as the QAnon shaman, admitted to a charge of obstructing an official proceeding under a plea agreement. He could face about four years in prison. A World War II veteran took on an urgent mission more than a decade ago, and it just paid off. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Inside the Vitalia Senior Residences in Strongsville, Ohio, 95-year-old Frank Grassberger sits on a treasure. Literally sits. In fact, Frank says, other than his wife Dolores, almost nothing matters more to him than this note, which he carries everywhere. I'd never be without it. Why did it matter so much that you have it with you all the time? Because it's something that somebody thought of me that much. When he has that letter with him, he has a feeling of faith and trust and love. To understand how a letter can do all that, you first need to know that Frank is a World War II veteran. And back in 2009, a third grader wrote to thank him for his service. If it wasn't for you, we would never have freedom. I'm so happy you made sacrifices. Your friend, Deshauna Priest. To Frank, that simple thank you came to symbolize a life well served. I'm tickled to death that I have a letter like this. He wanted to thank the author. We never could find her. He says, before I close my eyes, I, I, I have to find her. I have to find her. Just about everyone who works here was well aware of Frank's attachment to that letter and his decade-long desire to find the little girl who wrote it. So the staff did some sleuthing. And lo and behold, hey. Deshauna is now 21. <laughs> she vividly remembers writing the letter as a school assignment because she so admired people in uniform. It's like, wow. Like, oh. I get to write to a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like an honor. Yeah. An honor that continued. So here she is. When Deshauna surprised Frank Hello. in her National Guard uniform. Oh, I love you so much. You can't imagine the feeling I had when she stood next to me. It just took my breath away. It really did. I thought, where's his heart pills? Because I thought, oh, this is it. This is the big one. I'm telling you, this is a godsend. It really is. Fortunately, Frank's heart only swelled and may never return to its original size. So this is the beginning of something. Yeah, uh, friendship. <laughs> Family, not friendship. <laughs> There's love there, deep down in the heart. She like my third daughter, she really is. It started with a lot of love and affection and it's ending the same way. Who knew a simple thank you could make a life complete? Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Strongsville, Ohio. And that that letter saying thank you meant so much to him. It's an important reminder. 
And next week on CBS Mornings and the CBS Evening News, our two-year investigation into domestic violence in the U.S. military. The heart-wrenching stories of survivors who say the military failed to help them. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Have a great holiday weekend. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.